0: One of the most iconic posters sold on the street during the 2008 presidential campaign was a poster of the then Senator Barack Obama with the word hope printed underneath. That poster was designed by artist Shepard Fairey. Coming out of punk, skate and street culture, Shepard Fairey's graphic designs have become synonymous with the art of protest in the 21st century, from Andre the Giant stickers to the Obey fashion empire. The new traveling exhibit of Shepard Fairey's work is called Facing the Giant, and presents the work of Shepard Fairey from the last 30 years, featuring key works that highlight messages of empowerment. This traveling exhibition is to open at the Samic Art Museum, which is situated on the top floor of the Elaine Langone Center on the campus of Bucknell University. The museum director, Richard Reinhardt, came into the WVIA studio in Lewisburg recently to tell us about this exhibit and about the Samic Art Museum.
1: The Shepherd Fairy exhibition is a traveling exhibition, meaning that it's uh, organized by a traveling exhibition company in coordination with Shepherd Fairy and Obey Industries and all that. And then, um, you know, they market it out to museums and directors. So I found it through them rather than directly interacting with the artist. Oftentimes, the exhibitions that we organize are me getting in touch directly with an artist. But in this case, it's a traveling exhibition.
0: Can you talk a little bit about Shepherd Fairy and why you were excited to have this exhibit come? To the Samic, just a little bit about him and yeah. his influence.
1: Sure. Well, Shepard Ferry is an, an artist and a graphic designer and political activist. He also founded the st- sort of street and uh, graffiti fashion empire Obey. That's probably how a lot of people know him rather than through his, his artworks. But he's all of those things put together, so he's a real polymath. And he got a start in the late 80s. He went to art school and he was with a friend. They were teaching themselves how to do silk screen which is a form of print making a certain technique and for that you need images from you know newspapers or that you draw so he looked over at a newspaper and there was an ad for the wrestler andre the giant and he said let's let's just use this image for this silk screen and he did it, and it was kind of fun. And him and his friends called themselves their posse, so he made the stickers say, Andre the Giant has a posse, meaning him and his friends. You know, he came from punk street skate culture in the late 80s, early 90s, and so he started to sort of wheat paste and kind of illegally put this sticker up around town, you know, on light posts and stuff like that. And it just went viral. Everyone went crazy about it, and so that was kind of how he got his start.
0: And then. The big thing that happened was in 2008 when those of us who aren't part of the skateboard hip community suddenly became aware of his work with the great Obama poster, Hope. Yes. He didn't do that
1: at Obama's request. The campaign didn't ask him to do it. It was, again, a sort of not quite illegal, but unsolicited effort on his part. So he just made a poster of Obama with the word hope below and you know, given a certain graphic treatment, which is now his signature style. Um, But he made that campaign poster all on his own. and, And you're exactly right. That's what catapulted him to national fame. Obama did after the poster got so popular and Obama won the presidency. Obama did, of course, thank him for his contribution. And that poster which started off as, again, a kind of an outgrowth of street skate culture, um, is now in the uh, National Portrait Gallery, which is part of the Smithsonian in D.C. So that sort of illustrates the journey that this artist has taken from skate culture right right up to the most prestigious museums in the world.
0: When I look at Shepard Fairey's work, he has some favorite colors that he always seems to use. The, mm-hmm. uh, the red and the cream. Mm-hmm. With the Obama poster, it was interesting because it was red cream and blue so it looked very patriotic mm-hmm. and that pose it was taken from a photograph i understand i understand shepherd fairy got into a bit of trouble over that but mm-hmm. he chose a photograph that reminded one of jfk he's very clever at finding the right images to take which mm-hmm. is a skill in itself isn't it it
1: is it is he's a curator of images as well as an artist but you're exactly right. He has an, a real eye. And you're exactly right about his color palette, too. You'll see that in the exhibition that the color palette is sort of, I would say by now, the three colors. You know, Well, there's always black. There's always sort of the black ink You know, that a printmaker would always go to. And then there's a sort of cream color, which is kind of a white. Then there's a bright red, which is definitely red. And then there's kind of an a muted aqua, which is kind of a blue. But it's like you said, it's a red, white, and blue palette. And given that a lot of his work is about politics, and he's an American, and it's about American politics, this makes perfect sense that it would be red, white, and blue. But it's, you know, s- certain shades of these colors. And in fact, the Samic Art Museum, have we also pulled out those colors. So if you come to the exhibition, you'll see that we've painted three different accent walls. One is red, one is that blue, and the other is kind of that yellow cream color to orient you to look for those
0: throughout the exhibition. I don't think people often realize how much work goes into putting up an exhibit. You could have some amazing paintings and they'd be lost if you just you know if you bunged them on a wall and nobody noticed you didn't appreciate and highlight the artist's work so what is that process like for you is it one of a lot of discussion or a lot of thought or a lot of getting to know the artist's work or what is coming in in the exhibit uh that's a good question i mean there are whole
1: fields like curatorial studies you know that people get degrees in this sort of thing exactly but to put it in short form it is well first of all you have to work within the parameters that you're given so whatever your typical gallery or museum space says you know do you have windows no windows how big it is is, are the ceilings higher you know what color are the walls all this kind of stuff so you sort of have to work within that and then yeah you're really considering the work itself and you're creating an experience you know a curator in a museum is i often liken it actually to a disney imagineer so if you've ever visited Disney World or Disneyland, I give them full credit for the fact that they really curate the experience. So when you're standing in line for a ride at Disneyland, you're already on the ride. You know, the line itself has things to look at, things happening around you. There are visual cues about what's going to happen next. So they're really crafting a full experience from when you stand in line and then you get on the ride and then you get off the ride, right? And they do this better than other theme parks, I think. And I just love that they're called Imagineers. I would love my job title to be the Samic Imagineer. But anyway what curators do is similar in the sense that we're trying to design an experience. So from the moment people even approach the door, what are they seeing? You know, what's it signaling to them? And then when they get in, what's the lighting? Is it going to be sort of soft and moody? Do we want to establish that kind of mood? Is it going to be bright? Do we want people to sort of wake up and be alert? And then the next thing might be, will you just display all of the artwork in a big space so that people can see everything at once and decide where to go and orient them? Or do you want to craft an experience where they have to look around walls and look into crevices and explore and discover but at the same time you're guiding them. You want them to see painting one before painting two. So there's a lot that goes into uh, crafting an exhibition and it's great fun. I really have the best job at Bucknell. Don't tell the faculty but my job is really the most fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What can we expect to see with the Shepherd Fairy exhibit? What do you think are some of the things that we will notice and or should notice and should take on board or would get excited about? Mm.
1: Well, first of all, I guess to provide some context for it, the title of the exhibition is Facing the Giant, Three Decades of Descent. So that right there already gives you a clue. You're going to see a big time span. So you're going to see his work over the last 30 years, which has evolved, of course. And since he's a social critic and commentarian, you'll find that the social issues that he's referencing are from world history and American history. So you get a historical perspective. And there are 30 pieces in the show, and they're all very large works of his, two-dimensional works. Let me just unpack, if I I can, let me unpack the history a little bit, because since we're a museum, the history of this is, is very important for us. So there is, first of all, the exhibition itself spans three decades, you get that kind of history. We're also planning to have an ancillary exhibition that we curate from our own collection in the gallery next door. And that will go even further back and show you a couple of hundred years of artists who use printmaking and other techniques to do social commentary and political commentary to kind of put his work in context and say, you know, his work didn't come out of nowhere. There's a long, long worldwide history of political critique and political cartoonists and artists, you know, so we're, we're trying to stretch that history back a couple of hundred years. Now you asked what to look for within his exhibition. You can also see the history of art and political commentary referenced inside of his exhibition and his own works. And I'll give you uh, some examples. He has one poster for which the slogan says, make art, not war. It has this artful picture of a woman, kind of looks like an Art Nouveau portrait in the center of the slogan well of course there's a reference to again art history there's a nouveau look to it but there's a very direct reference to the um, anti-war slogan from the 1960s the anti-vietnam war slogan which was uh, make love not war and he's changed it to make art not war so he's nodding to the history of political dissent and visual communication in America. There is another image called Guns and Roses, which is rifles and machine guns pointed into the air, but instead of bullets coming out the barrels, there are roses blooming out, and then there are sun rays emanating from the roses.
0: That also reminds me of the Vietnam era when peace activists put flowers down the barrels. Of Absolutely. The that, that,
1: that's exactly the reference that he's making too. So Bernie Boston was the photojournalist who took the famous picture of peace protesters placing daisies into the barrels of the National Guardsmen as they were protesting the war. So that became a f- sort of famous symbol, which he's referencing then with this. You know, he doesn't come out and say it, but it's its there, It's there. a visual. It's an art historical reference.
0: Well, it's like he nudges us. So he he says, think of this, remember this. He's that kind of artist that doesn't give you the whole story, but just nudges you into a memory or into a conversation. Because if I saw that, I would have that conversation with my children, grandchildren who weren't alive at the time, Mm. who might not know the reference. And I would say, oh, that reminds me of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he does a, he's very astute about his art history too, which I respect a lot, not only because I'm an art history nerd myself and I respect that, but I think it makes his work a little bit richer and deeper. And I, I think it's a way of him acknowledging, I mean, he has built up this Obey fashion empire and of course his artistic career. So, you know, you might think that he would become a megalomaniac and just think that he did everything. But I think with these references he's acknowledging that he's standing on the shoulders of generations and generations before him of artists and political commentators so i appreciate that another example is another work in the show which is um, a big depiction that says big brother is watching you and you know has the eye of course so of course that's a reference to um, george orwell's famous novel 1984 which depicted a very dystopian future. He wrote it in 49, but it depicted a dystopian future set in the 80s in which the government surveilled everything that we did and kind of controlled our actions. But a lot of it was about the surveillance and that was a means of control. And so in making that poster now, he is very aware, and I think he's causing us to make the connection between that dystopian vision back then, which relied on state surveillance, and how much we are surveilled now. But of course, now we're surveilled online. You know, every time we talk about buying shoes and our phone happens to be in earshot, and then next day we log into our computer and there's ads for shoes. That's that's real. That's happening. Another example I'll give you of Shepard Fairey sort of nods to history is his very style in many works references Russian constructivism, which was an uh, avant-garde Russian art movement in the early, very early 20th century. And it's sort of epitomized by blocky forms, really sort of bold color and high contrast, so a lot of exclamation marks and and blocks and things like
0: and, that. And am I right, very few colors in that expression? Yeah, very minimal. Yeah. Actually, that's a
1: very astute observation that, that I hadn't thought of before, that maybe he draws his limited color palette as well as his blocky forms from that Yeah, that's a good point. But he he sort of bases a lot of his works and his very style on that. And part of what he's doing there is referencing how that art form, which started off as a very avant-garde form that only the few artists would know about, and it got appropriated then by the Russian communists who came into power right around then. But later on, when they actually assumed power, they, they took on that form along with social realism to spread Russian propaganda. So I think part of what he's doing in appropriating those forms is, well, one, he's respecting the artists and saying these artists generated some powerful forms that are very visually grabbing the eye of the visitor. And so he's sort of echoing that power of their forms. But he's also saying, look at the power of art for good or for ill. I think that's one of the main things that he's talking about.
0: And also how art can be appropriated. It can start out as an expression of one group of people and then become appropriated to create a larger think (laughs) or a, a different think that might not always be what the original artists had in mind or were hoping for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the case with the Russian constructivists, because they were the avant-garde, they got appropriated by the communist state at the time, who then turned around and said that, we don't want an avant-garde, you know, you're degenerate. So just, they said, thank you for the style, now we're going to put you in jail. <laughs> Maybe we should ask Shepard Fairey what he imagines for the future of his work.
0: Wouldn't that be interesting? You
1: know, what would he not allow? What would he allow? Speaking of that, it's kind of interesting to watch the, from, from very much from afar, of course, because I don't know Shepard Fairey, but watch his uh, his own career, because he started off appropriating images for from newspapers and other sources and of course pr- prior art history and then pasting them illegally around cities and stuff like that and now he's big enough that he's the person chasing down people who <laughs> infringe on his copyright and sending them cease and desist letters.
0: This exhibition is in two parts, the shepherd fairy part and then the more historical mm-hmm. part of the exhibit.
1: But we have different galleries, right. uh, different gallery spaces. So Shepard Ferry is in one gallery and yeah. this is in a different.
0: Do you area. recommend we go into one first and then the other? And oh,
1: that's a good question. That's part of crafting the experience. Um, well, the lovely part about most museums, including the Samic Museum and including this exhibition, is for the most part, you know, they allow you to roam at your own leisure. You decide what to look at first. We so, don't
0: have to obey.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you may, but you don't have to. So I want to put that power back with the visitor and say, you know what, visit what you think. Would you rather look at the Shepherd Ferry and then sort of go look at some historical influences or would you rather be chronological and start with the first thing and then work your way up? It's up to you. We also have a third gallery which will have medieval and renaissance works hung up and that's the Arcrest collection. So if you want to go even further back in history, you can just step into that gallery.
0: How do people access the Summit Art Gallery? Mm, Thank you. Yeah, so
1: this exhibition that we're talking about is called Facing the Giant, Three Decades of Descent. It is on view August 22nd through December 3rd. There is an opening reception and big party, which will be Thursday at 7 p.m., at the Islamic art museum on the bucknell campus so we are on the top floor of the elaine langone center which is a building on the bucknell campus so we're kind of at the corner of seventh and moore avenues in lewisburg so if you just find parking around there make your way to the Alain Langone Center, there are little handy campus maps posted around, you can orient yourself, and just go to the top floor, you'll find us, there's the gallery. I will mention that we also have a gallery, the Samick Art Museum has a gallery downtown Lewisburg as well, and so of course I want people to visit both, but I do want to point out that this particular exhibition is on the campus location, not the downtown location. I also want to mention that all of our exhibitions and programs, all of our events, all of our exhibitions are free and open to the general public. We're on the Bucknell campus, so a lot of people assume that we're only for Bucknell, and of course, we are there for Bucknell, but we are also there for our local and our regional community. And if you want more information, you can always go to our website, which is museum.bucknell.edu.
0: Is there anything I forgot to ask you that you wanted to talk about?
1: I did want to mention Shepard Ferry's famous command, obey. You'll see the obey appears in a lot of his works as well, and it became the name of his fashion empire. And it's a perfect illustration of what he does as a political commentator and artist and what a lot of artists do, and that is to introduce the idea of nuance. So most political slogans and messages are very, very clear. They're crafted to be very direct and clear, easily digestible, right? And we think about memes, for instance, as being sort of the primary visual mode of political commentary that is used today by everybody, um, including campaigns but also by lay people as well and they're crafted to be very very simple visually simple the message is usually very simple often with a little twist of humor what artists often do is they will use the style of something simple like that but they'll introduce nuance and the nuance is there for a couple of reasons i think a lot of artists want to say that the world is more complex than is usually conveyed in a simple political slogan so introducing nuance does that right the other reason for introducing nuance is it encourages people to become critical of what they're looking at, to not accept the message at face value. And I think a lot of artists would like us all to be critical of whatever political messaging we're seeing, whatever ideology you come from or you're reading, just to, to question it. So uh, Shepard Ferry has adopted this. It is a very powerful word, obey too, right? It's a very command, it's a command form. I mean, he posts it over everything. And of course for him, what it really means is don't obey. So he's introducing the idea of parody and irony in there. But he could just come out and make a poster that says, don't obey. But that's too on the nose. What he's doing is he's issuing it in the form of, yes, obey. But of course, I think what you quickly, if you just step back and pause for a minute, what you realize is, oh, wait, I think he means don't obey. So what he's doing there is he's implicating himself, the artist, in the message. You have to think for a minute. And then it makes you question, what he's trying to make you think and hopefully make you question everything you see.
0: Richard Reinhardt of the Samic Art Museum speaking about Facing the Giant. Three decades of descent. The work of Shepherd Fairy. Shepherd Fairy's traveling exhibit will be on location at the Samic Art Museum on the top floor of the Elaine Langone Centre on the campus of Bucknell University. 701 Moore Avenue in Lewisburg. The exhibit opens on August the 22nd and runs through December the 3rd. The Samick Art Museum will be launching the fall 2023 semester with an opening reception in honour of Facing the Giant, Three Decades of Descent, Shepherd Ferry, on Thursday, August the 24th, beginning at 7pm. To find out more about this exhibit, the Samic Art Museum and their downtown location, the Samic Art Gallery, please check the Samic Art Museum's website museum.bucknell.edu. The opening reception, Thursday, August the 24th at 7 pm. The exhibit itself runs from August the 22nd to December the 3rd at the campus location of the Samic Art Museum, the top floor of the Elaine Langone Centre on the campus of Bucknell University, 701 Moore Avenue in Lewisburg. Many thanks to Richard Reinhardt of the Samic Art Museum. And thanks to you, Fiona Powell, WVIA Susquehanna Valley producer.